4: Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live, right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. I am John Schmelk, joined by Paul Dettino, joined by Jeff Fegels. Lance Meadow is here as well, fresh off his serious show. If you just heard him on serious, like, how'd Lance get over that quickly? He's got some fast fingers on that ComRex unit (laughs) to get connected over here for uh a... over at on Giants.com and the Giants app. So we welcome Lance as well. Uh, at some point during the show, we'll get Jeff Fiegel's over-unders on defense. We did some of those yesterday. Uh, but we'll talk about the recent roster moves. And we'll take your calls and hopefully your bold predictions at 201 939 4513 And then we'll continue to take your bold predictions next week as well as we lead up to the season. But then we'll start getting ready for Giants and Titans, man. We could actually talk about a game and an opponent, mm-hmm. which, thank God... It's about damn time. Uh, but as we've talked about all week, uh, you know, we made a big deal, and rightfully so, about the initial 53-man roster. We also knew there was going to be some churn, and the churn <laughs> continues. Um, and I'm not sure. any Has anything else come down official in the last hour or so, Paul? That's official? No. Not yet, correct? No. So we have four moves from this morning. Darren Evans, Roy Embodica... Garrett McGinn and Nate Metters have all been released from the practice squad. And they've brought in four players from the outside. Wyatt Davis, an offensive lineman. Henry Mondo, a defensive end. Tony Jefferson, the safety, who obviously has a lot of really big-time NFL experience from the Ravens. And then Chuck or Charles Wiley, a outside linebacker from the Ravens as well with those connections to Wink Martindale. Paul, why don't you give me the lowdown on these four guys and and what you think of the additions to the practice squad. And by the way, I think we all think at some point, once you get past maybe the first week, Tony Jefferson will be signed to a regular 53-man roster contract. So his contract's not fully guaranteed. It's kind of how you game the system there. Uh, and we'll see about the other three guys. Well, yeah, ahead.
5: and that's because of uh, salary cap implications. The Giants are so tight, even though Joe Shane today said they are likely to have to restructure and Not extend likely. somebody. He said we're going to have
4: to. Yeah,
5: yeah. Uh, well, the players got to agree. You can want to. The player's got to agree. Well, look, to be compliant.
6: Give me money. I will agree. You're going to have to find someone. (laughs) You're going to have to
4: find someone to agree.
5: So so they are really tight. I think we all know the player, the defensive player, who uh, is probably the most likely candidate. But uh, besides that, uh, they clearly need to find a little bit more cap space to do what they need to do moving forward. And what you're talking about, John, is one of the ways you can help yourself because you can – Pay the player on a game-by-game basis once you get past Week 1, and that's definitely a critical part of every penny that this team is trying to save right now. Um, Honestly, I have not investigated any of these guys other than to tell you, as far as Mabetica is concerned, the uh, Nigerian import that OCU Manura brought in for the Giants to look at along the offensive line. It's my understanding that um, there's kind of a gentleman's agreement kind of set up here. He was brought in by O.C. to work with the Giants. He worked here with the team during training camp. Uh, My understanding is that this is where he wants to be. This is where he's been placed. This is where he is going to learn his craft. Now, whether it means he's going to be on the practice squad week to week, whether he's going to find himself – Quote, off the practice squad and then back on the practice squad, kind of like Ryan Perilu many years ago. If you remember the quarterback who was here for a while, I believe he bounced up and down on the practice squad nine different times uh, by the time that season had ended. Uh, I don't believe that Mabetica is going to be going to any other team, I, I as I understand that situation so anybody out there who's rooting for this uh, youngster i don't think you need to worry about him leaving
4: well you should have seen the string of direct messages from charlie is roy back on the practice squad yes he is and then this morning
5: unbelievable you better sign him back quick
4: it's just very funny to see the range of emotions don't call charlie you already called twice this week yeah but he, he but he gets very serious. well now
5: he so, can uh, come back off of the roof and, you know, sit down in his lounge chair. It's okay. I just told you, Charlie, it's going to be okay. Yes,
4: because he's obviously someone that listens to to, to reason or to you, which are two different <laughs> things. But that's fine. Anyway, Lance, your thoughts on – and Jeff, you guys' thoughts on the additions.
7: Well, first of all, I was going to say, Embedica, and once again, great story, but it seems to me as if the way some people react to him is the same way, if you guys recall, people reacted to when Isaiah Wilson was brought into the mix last season. How many times do we get phone calls every week? When is Isaiah Wilson going to be activated onto right. the roster? When is he going to start? When is he going to make an impact? And Wilson at least had some football experience. Empedica <laughs> okay, has nothing. barely you know, picked up a football. And once again, that's no knock on him. That's just, once again, his background. So you have to understand, very, very raw. And if they can find the spot, as Paul mentioned, fantastic. But... You know, John and I actually had an exchange on Twitter, not anything hostile or anything, because I know our listenership was worried. But somebody asked me about international players, and Embedica was not signed as an international player, but he still had to go through waivers like everybody else, which yeah. he did. But as you noted, John, they don't have an exemption for Embedica compared to Platzgummer, it's a little bit different. Whereas Plattsgummer, you didn't have to worry about. You can have an additional spot for him. It doesn't work like that for Embedica. It's just, once again, important for at least everybody to understand. As far as the practice squad moves, well, if you remember, on yesterday's show, we made it very clear. They had yet to put the three guys officially on IR. So be prepared for them to bring back, number one, a lot of the guys they released, which they did. Now, as far as the practice squad players... And by the way,
4: just Lance, because we haven't been on a show since that happened. The one guy they did not bring back was Max Garcia. He's on the practice squad. Hudson, Nicholas Williams, and who is the third guy? That Calitro got, And Austin Calitro with the three yes, guys yeah, that got Cali-
5: back. in the locker room today. Yeah. Correct, yeah.
4: Well, I mean, Max Garcia's back. He's just on the practice squad. Right. And He's I wouldn't be surprised if he roster. at some point also gets elevated and then they do a I'm deal sure. with him too. I'm sure. sure.
7: Absolutely. As far as the practice squad guys... Well, they brought in four who you named. Tony Jefferson's the most polished individual. He has a connection to Baltimore. He was with Wink Martindale for three seasons in which Wink was the defensive coordinator. Tony arrived in 2017. Wink was not the DC that year. And Tony missed also a good portion of 2019 with a torn ACL. So, really, he was with Wink Martindale for one full season in 2018 because he came back to Baltimore late last season, the very tail end. But the bottom line is he has familiarity with the scheme and he's been in the NFL with several teams. This is a quality safety who I would agree with you is probably ultimately going to elevate to the 53. Chuck Wiley was with the Ravens this offseason. He's an undrafted rookie out of UTSA. Texas, San Antonio. So, I mean, he has yet to play any regular season snaps, a developmental player. Wyatt Davis was a third-round pick of the Vikings last year. He only appeared in six games. 28 snaps. Correct. So you're talking about a very small sample size, but there's potential there because of where he was selected. He comes from a prominent program in Ohio State. Maybe a guy they could continue to develop on the practice squad. God forbid they have an injury. Maybe you call him up. But still a project, I would argue, to a certain degree. And Henry Mondo was with the Pittsburgh Steelers the last three seasons. A mix of practice squad slash active roster. Not a guy that clearly is a big sack guy, but a guy that's going to eat up space on the interior part of the offensive line. And once again, if they have an injury there and they want to call somebody up, he has three years of experience with Pittsburgh. And prior to that, he was with K. Kansas City, so you have a mixture. But I would say, if you really ask me, Tony Jefferson to me is probably the guy that can make the most impact out of the four that they brought in.
4: Yeah, Mondo does have 579 NFL snaps over the last two years, so he has played a lot of snaps. So he has more experience than most of the guys. And obviously, Tony Jefferson is a guy that 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 mm-hmm. has played a ton. Go ahead, yeah. Jeff.
6: No, no. I, 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 obviously, you know a lot of these practice squad guys. They're there to. To practice you know they're just not ready but there's a handful of them that will be you know we know that's going to happen because of injuries uh when you look at that list the long list i don't know how many guys are on there it seemed like there was more than 16. is it to me at one point i counted 20. no well, they had 16, Jeff, and then they
7: made moves to then bring in the next guy because you can't have more than 16 on the okay, practice. Okay. So anyway, yeah. six...
4: Jeff, this is why Pearson only asked you to count to five
6: in five, the pre-show the yeah, I got to at. five.
4: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I took five
6: off of there. That's what I did. I took five. Um, but the bottom line is that most of these guys are just going to remain there. And, you know, a handful of them are going to move up and down the roster as usual because there's injuries. And, that you know, Jefferson's a guy that they just his time will come. He's just going to have to figure out. Uh, I would imagine, you know, it's just a timing thing with him. So, yeah. I mean, look, not, I don't get too too excited about the practice squad. I'm ready to talk about 53 guys that are going to play the, <laughs> play the Titans in two weeks. That's really for me. There you go. We're talking about practice, Jeff. Practice. Practice okay? squad. That's what we're practice talking about. Squad? Practice
7: squad? Practice squad is over. Right? I mean, come on. Huh? Well, little <laughs> Allen Iverson yeah. reference yeah. there for the people that were completely lost. But no, I will I'm not tell saying you, the, were the, lost, Jeff, the practice saying, squad is a yeah. great I mean, way to make too. a living. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> it's a great way to make they a do. living. They do. Oh, they get some. Listen, you add up the 16, 17 weeks, mm-hmm. you're on the practice squad. That's a yeah. very nice salary.
6: Uh, Absolutely. the only problem with the Giants practice squad these days is there's not a lot of money left for the practice squad. <laughs> so I don't know what how these guys are how much money they're really making. But you know, eventually that'll change. Well, well I think, pre- I th- think
4: pre- isn't it uniform? Everybody in the practice squad gets the same.
6: No, salary. no yeah. there
5: are no, signing no. bonuses that you can give yeah. a practice squad player, and it counts against your cap. I thought they changed yeah. those rules. Counts against the cap. Yeah, and, that, that's and that's why that's why some players will all of a sudden, you'll see, well, they they went to that team's practice squad. And you're saying, well, why didn't they come to this team's practice squad? Well, there's a signing bonus involved. I thought they had changed those rules. But okay, no, I believe you. I believe you. As far as
4: I know, yeah, John. Yeah. I got you.
7: It does count against the cap, though. That is very important to understand. Yes. As you make changes to your practice squad, too.
4: That adds up. Mm-hmm. No question. All right, guys. Yeah. I got one caller on the line 201 939 four We'll get to Jeff's defensive over/under as when we have a second. We heard Lance sure. Paul and I yesterday, but I do to try to squeeze in as many calls as you can since we have no live show programming note by the way. No live show tomorrow. We've already recorded uh Friday show. It's a big time NFC East and NFL preview show where we make our predictions for the season. They're all going to be wrong. So if you want to know what not to bet when you go over the weekend and and place your wagers, you can pay attention to what we said and do the opposite, do the old Costanza. um, And then check that out. Mm -hmm. That'll post tomorrow morning, I think, Pearson, you put it up right. So that'll go up tomorrow morning. So you have all weekend. It's about an hour and a half. It's a super long episode. It'll give you a lot to listen to over the weekend. Uh, We also had our first draft season podcast drop today. Bruce Feldman joined Tony Pauline, Eric Crocker, and I to – kind of preview the college football season and get some of the bigger names out there in the draft process and talk about Bruce Feldman's freaks list. That was a lot of fun. Um, and then we're going to have a, a special Bob Papa interview with uh, Joe Shane and Brian Dable landing on Saturday. So make sure you go check that out. It's about 15 minutes long. It'll be a, a real nice spot to uh, listen to that. And um, I forget, oh, yeah, make sure you check out Warren Sharp's Giants Huddle podcast. that That popped up yesterday. Make sure you go listen to that, too. All right, 201-939. So essentially don't leave your house the entire
7: weekend. Well, That's I what think we're it, telling
4: you. If people are old enough, remember the old Married with Children episode where they try to go to vacation on Labor Day and they're stuck in Chicago traffic for like four hours at a time? Well, you know what you do? You listen to all the Giants podcasts, and you got plenty of time to listen to everything that we put out there for Labor Day weekend. Make sure you do it. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go, 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. Giants season tickets are on sale now for the 2022 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seats starting at just $100. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. All right, let's do it. Ron is in New Jersey. Pearson, he will lead us off. Ron, you're on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's up?
2: Hey, guys, I really enjoy the program. Thank you. Uh, Following up on on the uh, salary cap conversation, and also I did listen to the podcast with Lauren Sharp yesterday about the Giants being two or three years out. So here's my question. Let's say, thinking optimistically, like we all do this time of year, both DJ Saquon have
4: good seasons. We we grab nine wins, maybe ten. They're they're healthy all season. Barkley's top five. Jones is top 15, 14. Can we sign them both next year? Yes. Next year, the salary cap opens up a decent amount. And remember, you can structure these deals where the first-year salary cap number is not very high, and then you can backload those contracts. Now, if you run into trouble with that, because that's what they did with Leonard Williams and Kenny Galladays and the Dory contract, Dory Jackson's contract last year. But yes, with the cap going up and a lot of dead money from this year, Coming off the Capron. Next year the Giants will have salary cap flexibility to make other changes. And you might have other veterans that you know you can trim as well that'll save you some additional money. So yes, they should be okay. if they do want to resign those two guys, they should be able to figure out a way to do it depending on how they structure the contracts. Ron, well, they're look, also taking donations
7: if you'd like to. So.
4: <laughs> hey, I'm a season ticket holder. Well, no, oh, there it. you We're go. All right, are. so you're
7: already on the donation That's list then. Congratulations.
4: Yes. And, by the way, I'm going to London this year. I got my seat. Oh, that's awesome, well, man. Good for you. Cool. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks very much. Go Giants. Thank you, Ron. Yeah, next year, the salary cap, usually you can get out of salary cap hell in a year. It's rough. And it's not like they're going to lead the team in cap and lead the league in cap space next year, but they'll have enough to, to, to maneuver and do what they need to do. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to go out there and sign some big-name free agent. I, don't, I wouldn't expect them to do that because that's not what you're doing when you're building a team. But they will have enough—it's not going to be a deal where they're trying to figure out who they have to let go just to be cap-compliant next offseason. And the cap point. will
6: go up a little bit, too. Oh, yeah.
4: And then we're going to have a big jump in either maybe two or—Lance, th- when's the big jump? Is it 24 or is it 25? I have to look that up. I'm I not have to look that up, yeah. I'm head. not
6: sure.
7: You're talking about the new CBA yeah. in 2020. They had sort of built in, and COVID also threw a yep. bit of a curveball to all of well, that. Yeah, that and, and, yeah,
4: And the new TV contracts kick in next— uh, most of them kick in this year. I think they do, yeah, because it's going yeah, to Amazon Prime correct. on
7: Thursday night. So it they definitely were, kicks in this year. They were
4: staggered, though. Some were up this year, some were up next year. But I think most of them were up this year. So, Well, yeah.
7: and the other thing, to Jeff's point, remember, the contracts for individual players are going to be relative to the cap. So I, I don't know. I guess my point is it's not like you're getting a lot of space because quarterbacks are just going to make more money. Wide receivers are going to make more money, meaning the average annual salary is going to go up in relation to what the cap number is. Keep that in mind. So, I mean, it's not like you're getting $50 million now all of a sudden that you could toy with. You're still going to have to pay players a little bit more based on what they made in previous years.
4: Uh, How about this? Adam Schefter reporting that during practice this Wednesday, Harold Landry, edge rusher for the Titans, tore his ACL.
5: 12 sacks last season, their premier pass rusher. Yeah. Well, they also have
4: Bud Dupree, who's excellent. But yes. Big loss. They have two. Big loss. Bookends. Big loss. Big loss.
7: And they got a few guys up front, too, in the interior as well. In case you didn't realize
5: it, they do play the Giants in about a week and a half. Simmons is excellent.
4: Yes. That'll be a big test for the Giants inside. But yeah, that's huge. That's huge. It's a big loss.
5: No other way to get around it. That is a big deal. That is a big deal.
4: Out of curiosity, I'm trying to see who their backup edge rushers are. Real quick. I don't know. I don't I have not done my Titans stuff yet, so I don't know off the top of my head. Let's see. Uh Titans backup edges Ola Denih. Yeah, no. This that's a big loss. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's no one back there that mm-hmm. yeah. That's a big loss. Big Though loss. I will say
7: Danico Autry is a very underrated player who they brought over. So, you know, keep an eye on him. He could as a defensive end, of course. He's yes. not necessarily a linebacker, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about up front. He's another guy He's a good that player. could be a very sneaky pass rusher slash guy to help
4: up front. No question. All right, You hate to see injuries. It's, you know, no a player doubt. like that in sure. practice before the year. And no I'm doubt. sure people in tennis, you go, well, why are you working these guys in practice so hard? Well, what do you want the guys not to practice? I mean, they practice bubble have rap. practice. They should sure. play on bubble wrap. No practice. It, to, I forget who said it, but football is a violent sport, and things happen. I
5: know what they should do. Change should, the turf, right? They should all spend the entire training camp just playing Madden. <laughs> this way they can't get hurt at all.
4: See, now I, see now, I thought you were going to go. They, Tennessee needs to reevaluate the, the turf they have in the practice oh, field. Oh, yeah, right. I think
7: oh, you should call the plays, Paul, for these guys that play Madden football throughout the offseason. Or you even can better, for that.
4: you you can you play fantasy football with them all summer, Paul. You mm-hmm. could do fantasy
7: <laughs> well, football. Well, isn't that That'd technically fantasy football? Yeah, Playing is. video games is actually fantasy football. Got news so. for you.
5: Neither one yeah. will ever happen.
1: Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
5: Well, thank you very much.
4: All right, let's go back to the phones. Tim is in Charleston. Tim, what's going on?
0: Hey, guys. Good to talk to you. Um, I want First, I want to uh, throw a little sunshine as opposed to shade both Paul's way and John's way. And then I got a quick comment. Uh, First, I'm going to start with Paul. Paul. That uh, interview you had, the rapid reaction one with Bob uh, Glauber, yeah, that was just great to listen to. Two old pros who are obviously really passionate, about old. their craft, and everything <laughs> they do, yeah. Thank well, you. I found out the other day that I was surprised when I found out the other day when Pearl when Paul gave up his birth year, that he's actually like uh, two and a half years younger than me.
4: Wow, you're which really, old me. Me. <laughs> oh, yeah, really old. Me
0: shocked me. Oh yeah,
5: but <laughs> okay.
0: but. But, but I, look, I, look, I look a lot younger, and I got a ponytail, so let's just leave it at that. Okay. So that was great. And then, John, I listened to the, the Warren Sharp thing yesterday at lunch yeah. my lunch is too early to wait for the podcast. And I'll tell you, you guys have had a ton of great guys, analysts from all sorts of organizations. That was the most in-depth, comprehensive, and, and mind-blowing. Some of the numbers that he put out there were just so illuminating. I mean the one about uh the the plays of 15 yards or more was just was just amazing. Can I mention the percentages or do you not want me to uh Give away the plot details? No, no, you
4: can. I'm actually bringing it up so I have it in front of me too as we go through yeah. here. Well,
0: I, I, I was going to ask
5: both mind, of you guys. I, I told.
6: What is I this, told this about? about fi- five... What is this
5: about plays 15 yards or more? Do they even exist in the NFL? I've been covering the Giants. I didn't even know those plays existed. <laughs> I'm not
6: going to see many of them this year. Well,
0: so,
5: here we go.
4: So what? What? <laughs> Tim. Well,
0: Tim I don't. Yeah. I well, I. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it because well, I, you can check my numbers. No, I understand. I know I'm, I'm, memory.
4: I'm, I know, but I'm literally reading it off of Warren Sharp's book. So. Let me read it off the book. Right, it just in it case I had a wrong could I, could I? Could I? Would you not?
0: Would you not bury my lead and let me say it, and then you could confirm it?
6: <laughs> John he has to think about that one. Tim, right, you, you so, can read them. You so, better be right.
0: I'm going to be spot on. Uh, on on drives where a team has zero plays of 15 yards or more, they score touchdowns at a rate of only 4.3 percent.
4: That's correct. On
0: drives when they have one touchdown. I mean, one play of fifteen yards or more. I asked five people, and everyone was like fifteen percent. I asked them what they thought. Forty-one percent. No, actually, it it's, it's almost it's, tenfold.
4: Touchdown is twenty-eight point eight percent. Into the red zone, it's forty point eight percent. So four point three percent. I don't remember
0: him saying no, that's that. okay. On on, then, on
4: drive load, let, let, let me give the right numbers then. So on drives that have zero plays of fifteen or more yards, four percent reach the red zone. result in points, 2% result in touchdowns. For drives with at least one, 40% reach the red zone, 10 times the number. 51% result in points, just under 10 times the number. And 29% result in touchdowns, more than 10 times the number. Wow! And then, for drives with two or more 15-plus yard plays, 68% reach the red zone. And the reason that number isn't bigger is because I think a lot of those go from outside the red zone into the end zone. You know what I mean? Right, right. 61% result in touchdowns and 83% result in points.
5: You know, if I and, if and, I may give a thought as to why that is, John.
4: Because big plays in the NFL are freaking
5: important No now. question about that. <laughs> I mean, that's obvious. But because the game has become so offensive-minded, I think what happens is if you just nickel and dime yourself down the field and you force yourself to go into a 13 and 14 blade drive, usually what happens more often than not is you will self-destruct.
4: Yeah, you have to. You'll you'll you'll, you'll get a penalty. You'll get exactly a sack, you, a penalty, and a an inter- con- turnover. Exactly you have to convert three what or four yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you so, have to convert too many third downs. Well, I did not work. listen yes. to
5: Warren Sharp, but that would mm-hmm. be my analysis on it. You, you're going to at some point somehow you're going to shoot yourself in the foot.
0: And, yeah, and, and I encourage anyone who considers themselves a real Giants fan and listens to the show to listen to that because the stats he gave on the Giants and their strength of schedule and the, the defenses and the pass rush and the offenses and the passing games and their rankings last year versus this year is fantastic. Um, well, thank the you for that, thing, Tim. I
4: appreciate that.
0: You're welcome. I mean, I listen to all your content, and it's always good, but that one was just so mind-blowing. I, I had to talk about it. So um, the last thing I got is just, you know, I'm like, this year, I consider like seven wins to be the minimum acceptable. Um, but Ooh. then I'm like, I think eight would be is certainly feasible. I, I'm, I'm feeling very optimistic about the team. And then if we pull off a surprise – in week one or three, and I'd love it to be in week three. I'm not even going to name the team. Paul knows what I'm talking about. y'all do is, then I think we, you know nine, nine is nine is, uh, is, is, is in the realm of possibility. And, and when we get in that stretch against those weak teams, if we're ahead of the curve, you never know if we can pile so, up a little Tim, uh, a little positive
4: confidence. I, I just want to make sure you understand this. So you say seven is the minimum acceptable. You realize that'll be more yeah. wins, than the, Gi- the Giants have not had more wins than that since 2012. You said yourself,
0: John, just yesterday or the day before, I forget which it was, to somebody, he's like, well, they, how many wins, and Paul said it, how many wins would the Giants have had if Daniel Jones didn't get hurt? And we agreed, it was like three. So if they could have had six last year, seven's only an improvement of one. And if we don't think this team is better and better coached and better
4: led by one game? Come on.
5: By that That's logic, you make some yeah, sense. No, but I'll,
4: I'll say this. They didn't add, besides rookies, they didn't add any veteran free agent talent.
0: That's fine. If, I just... If anything, I you lost that, guys. I oh. mean, but we got Barkley's back at full health. For now. We, hopefully, I mean, we don't know where Jones is going to be. The yeah. offensive line is so much deeper and, and improved. And we got Wink mm-hmm. Martindale, Brian Dable, Mike right. Kafka, and we got Joe, Joe Shane... Steering the the bigger ship of state. I mean, I just think all the pieces are. I'm not saying nine, but I think seven. If it's less than seven, I'm going. To... Sorry about that. Oh, I'm in the,
5: we're wow. in the middle
0: of one of our. We're in the middle of one of our daily thunderstorms here in Charleston. And I'm undercover, but I'm outside at a bar <laughs> smoking a cigar. All right, all right, here. all right. Get
5: to so, safety. Don't thank don't, you, Tim. Go, go get I, off the phone.
7: I, it sounds like a higher power doesn't agree then. Yes, I my line. That was my was interpretation. <laughs> Maybe wow, that's that was, a side something to read into. I, I, I yeah, think if the team finishes cigar, with though.
4: I think if the team finishes with 7 wins, I think that's fine. Yeah, so I, th- I, th- I think that's a I think that's a good season given well, you know, where they are. To Lance's sure.
5: point and he has said this so many times on our show, you know, it's about the improvement of the second and third year players too. Everybody so, on rookie contract. Right? Yeah. So so yeah. it's those guys who need to to step up. It's the guys who were hurt who need to be healthy and produce. It's the rookies who need to produce. And it's the coaching staff that needs to make some some uh, advancements over the last staff. You have all of those advancements happening. Yeah, I could see where he's going to say to himself, seven wins has got to be the minimum. See, I'll say this. Here's, here's
4: the problem, all right? And I'd like to get your guys' take on this. If you go through every Giants game this year when it comes to Vegas— how many games do you think the Giants are going to be favorites in this year? I don't. I don't. I'm sure Vegas has that. No, they don't have spreads for the whole year yet. Yeah, that'd be crazy. They don't have spreads for every weekend. They don't. They don't no. have.
5: Uh, they don't have any. I'm. Uh, I'm thinking somebody must. They only go one week at a time. Because these people are sick. No, no. no because
4: they're, the Vegas, <laughs> That's really sick. Vegas, though, Paul. Vegas is I not going to let you bet on, on games down the line because you don't yeah. know about injuries. Correct.
5: Okay. Yeah. So too much can change. So
4: my, so my question would be, how many games do you think the Giants will be? Favorites against the spread this year. It's not gonna be seven. I no. promise you it's not gonna be seven. Promise you it's not gonna be seven.
5: Yeah, I think I think I think it's probably gonna be more like five. Four or five. So
4: how then is seven like the minimum acceptable amount
5: of wins if they're only favorites in four or five games? Well, because what he's expecting is that during the course of the season you will see that gradual improvement on all those different levels. And right now, you can say that they should only be favored in four or five, but in a month or so, you may say to me, "You know what? They should probably be favored in six or seven. That's what he's saying. We'll say Well, but that's what the, he's saying. I don't think no, he's insane. No, no,
4: no. I don't think he's insane either. I just don't want to. I don't want to push this bar too high now, where people
5: are expecting nine well, wins. And that uh, that's again, too high. that's fair. That's fair. But he's not. He's not nuts. No, he's not nuts. I love him. I mean, he's not. not he's not telling us double digits. No. He's not telling us ten I wins. I get that. That would be really reaching. Even I would say that's really reaching. I Seven mean, and ten is not a stretch. I mean, for no. example, like when the Giants visit Jacksonville on October
4: twenty third, there's no guarantee they're favorites in that game. No. I would hope the they are. I would hope they are, the but the Jaguars we- might have a better record than the Giants. The Giants are coming off at that point games against Baltimore, Green Bay, Dallas, Tennessee. Carolina and Chicago. I haven't looked at the Jaguars schedule, Lance. You can bring it up if you want. But there's a decent shot just based on the difficulty of the Giants' first six games that the Jaguars have a better record than the Giants at that point, and they're home. I have, and the Jaguars I've,
7: are going to play the Colts twice. They're going to have the Chargers. So they're going to have oh, some challenges.
5: They're, they're going to get whacked a few well, times.
4: Well, no, it's possible. But
7: no, But here's what I would say is it's not so much where Jacksonville is. It's, Paul, what you said earlier that you think maybe by the latter part of the season they could show improvement— but I can make the argument for thirty one other teams are also sure gonna show could. improvement. Sure. So, so you we can't operate as if the Giants improve and the rest of the league stays right. even right. across the board. So when they elevate, other teams in the NFL are gonna elevate. So I don't see how that allows the Giants to gain ground automatically. Well, all, That's my point.
5: I think the only thing and, and I and I tell people this all the time, there's gonna be just like a poll for a political election, right? When the poll comes out, they go there's a plus or minus eight percent or five percent or ten percent plus or minus could go either way. That's the margin only... of error is what they call right. it. Right. The margin of error. Okay. Yes, correct. And I think that's the only way any of us can legitimately and realistically project a season. And I've always believed this. You you look at the number, you say, All right, this is probably the number we think for this team, but there's gonna be a two or three win. Either way, left or right, depending upon well, injuries, depending upon who plays like they should, etc. It's et cetera, the same way you pick
4: the over/under,
5: right? Right. Right. And so, so to me, Vegas is already putting the over/under at seven for the Giants. So when I tell people, I is think it that, that high? Yeah, it is. At least the, the people that I've seen, people have been talking to me, tell me Vegas says it's seven. I think six and a half according to some books, seven according to some others. So, when I tell you I think the Giants are going to win eight or nine games, and that's not out of the realm of possibility, I don't see how that's insane. And I don't, I, so the call's certainly not insane to me. I could also see the Giants win five games. Absolutely possible. No question about that. And five, by the way, would be more than four. So, technically, that's an improvement.
6: <laughs> the math show we got going here today. Right? <laughs> Baby step math. I mean, you know,
5: I don't know. Jeff, let me ask you. I guess John asked you this the other day, or two days ago. But let me ask you more specifically. Have you ever gone into opening day in your 22 seasons plus in the NFL, right? Have you ever gone into opening day and said, you know what, I think this is how many games are going to win? Or did you always say, I think it's going to be about that number, give or take a couple of wins either way? How you know, did you but, approach it?
6: Well, didn't look at it that way. <laughs> uh, just one game. And, and, you know, you hear the players say it all the time, just one game at a time. That's really all you can concentrate on because, you know, and, and like Lance was saying, you know, the other teams around the league, you know, their strength of schedule as on paper right now as it comes out, it is what it is. But we all know that four, five, six, seven, eight games into the season, all those strengths of schedules go out the window because of, of injuries and how teams are playing, things like that. So, you know, that this Giants team could could get lucky and it looks like it,
4: seven, Paul. It looks like you're right. By the way,
6: they could they right. could they could be improving as the season's going along, and all of a sudden the opponents are not doing very well because they had injuries at the major positions. You know, you know, just like let's just say like Green Bay or some, for instance. All know, right, Aaron
4: better Rogers. question. Right. So to my point, if the over under seven, that can't be your minimum number of acceptable
5: wins. Because that's the well, mean number Well, if, of if you're a gambler and betting over, <laughs> then well, that is the yeah, minimum. <laughs> I, <understand. laughs> I was just going to ask you, Jeff, one other final question. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to get off on a tangent here. But was there ever a, uh, an opening day where you went into the season and said, you know what, I know we are better than last year's team. Yeah. Is that a fair question?
6: Yeah, that's a fair question because I think that if you're around there and the nucleus of the team is together and you are building a program, and I was on teams that were doing this, you definitely can see. Like, for instance, I guarantee you there's teams, there's guys on this team this year um, that see what's happening in the building, on the field, and how things are going have to feel that this team is better than they were last year. Now, they have to prove it, but I think the feeling is there to answer your question. Yeah. Two zero
4: one Let's go to Jack down in Georgia. He's up next. Jack, what's Jack going Georgia? on? Yeah, hey, guys. Um, thank you for so much,
3: especially explaining all these rules. You're really helpful. No, no problem, um, Jack. Thank you. Paul, I go back to 1970, Yankee Stadium, 31-3. to L.A. Rams.
5: <laughs> yeah, I know.
3: Shea breaks his leg. You and I know it.
5: Yeah, nightmare. I still never got over it.
3: Neither did I. I was an eight-year-old boy. (laughs) Secondly, 73, 6-0 preseason, we win two games, so it means nothing. I know that, too. Okay, now, this is my question for you guys. We saw a lot of short passing in the preseason, 70%, it looked great. Where do you see the passing attack this year?
4: In terms of how they'll approach it, like, uh, like, what's the tenor of your question?
3: Well, what I'm thinking is, and you guys just mentioned the 14-play drives and blah, 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 blah. So we don't want all short passing. However, do you see because of Daniel Jones getting confidence and keeping them safe that they use a lot of short passing, but then do they throw in the... Deep, some bombs or some back shoulder or oh, you will you will have Jack
4: plenty of passes down the field in this offense. Yep, you will oh, have okay. them, and you might have some bad results on those passes. On some, you might have sacks on some, but you're going to have some big plays in there too. So there will be a lot. There will be a higher volume of passes down the field with this offense. Okay, okay. so
3: so what we saw in the preseason basically throw out with all those short passes.
4: No, I I think and I think Lance made this point a couple weeks ago where. I think this will be a heavier pass than run attack, but I think Mm -hmm. they'll have a lot of those short passes to try to um, assist the running game as kind of like an early down quasi running Uh game deal. So I think you're going to have a mix of both, Jack, to be honest with you. Yeah, like a
7: four-yard pass to Wandell Robinson that may lead to gained yardage after the catch is going down Mm -hmm. as a short pass, but maybe you gain 10 yards off of the play. But they're going to take some chances. I mean, look at Buffalo and Kansas City. Those two teams took Mm -hmm. chances down the field. But they also had a lot of speedsters, guys, that they got out in open space who did a lot of damage Mm -hmm. after the catch. I think you can expect that as well. Kadarius Toney, Wandell Robinson, Sterling Shepard, Saquon, all these guys have the ability to do damage after a short pass.
5: I suspect your question comes from, and I've gotten questions about it on Twitter, apparently some scribes had written that the Giants are going to be, because of what they've seen in the preseason, a dink and dunk offense, which I think is probably one of the most uh, craziest assumptions one could make. First of all, John, we've been out of practice every day. We know the kind of stuff they're running. We've seen what they've done. And the fact of the matter is they are going to throw the ball much further down the field than just doing dink and dunk yes, all the time. Yes, but
4: I do think you're going to have a lot of design short stuff for a guy like That'll Wanda be part Robinson, of it. But they, they, There's they, no doubt. They will put, they will challenge and push They are.
5: Kafka and, and, Ka- and, no Ka- and Dable will do that. Mm-hmm. And you know why you haven't seen it in the preseason? Because
4: they, they don't want you to it's see it. It's under
5: wraps! They don't want you to see it. It's no kidding! Please, somebody let the Scribes <laughs> know. It's under wraps because it's
4: preseason. I'm going with Scribes now, huh? Are they writing their stories on like <laughs> scrolls? Are they right next like, to
6: Scrubs? You know, Scribes <laughs> actually gives too much crap no, let's, right. let's, let's, let's take it back
5: let's take it back
6: let's take it back wait
4: while we're on the topic of scribes
7: no can, oh. yeah no while paul is a little bit down I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news but i cannot hesitate in revealing this on this show there is some nba news that you two are just going to absolutely love and i can't what do you got it. donovan mitchell Knicks. He's being traded to the Cleveland really? Cavaliers. Wow. <laughs> All right. That's oh, fine. No. <laughs> no. Oh. No. Yep. No, this is from Woj. This is legit. This is legit, Paul. I hope you're sitting no. down. Wow. How about that? Okay. Oh, man. I just had to get off to my chest. <sighs> NBA oh, season can't start man. soon enough. Yeah, that's fine. No. <laughs> Oh, boy.
4: I'm not losing my mind here.
7: Oh, you may not right now. Talk to me in about an hour. That's Let it awful. simmer in. Let <laughs> it simmer in, guys. Let it simmer in. Well,
4: by the way, and I will now, for all the my Nick followers that yell, and my, my deal with this trade, by the way, has always been, if the Knicks won Donovan Mitchell, I've said a million times, they're going to have to be willing to give th- up three unprotected first-round picks. And every other Knicks fan came back to me and said, oh, no, no other team can offer what the Knicks can offer. Just offer two and a young player, and it's going to get done. Well, yeah, N- nice work. <laughs> you know, there's wow. a phrase in life.
7: It goes by the term, there are no free lunches. No, there are no okay? free lunches. Wow. If you want if and you want a
4: really good yeah, thing, you got to pay for it. Exactly. 100% right.
7: And anyone who thought that the Jazz was going to give the Knicks a handout uh-huh. doesn't understand. Hey,
4: and Lance, in fairness, I've been preaching that the whole time. Oh, I'm
7: just trying to poke the bear a little. No, I'm not saying are. that I'm you fine. were not having perspective. That's okay. Paul, on the other hand, may have lacked a little bit of perspective. I just hope you, the Cavaliers
5: beat the living stuffing out of the Bulls Bills every uh, time they it, play him this year. It's amazing. So now you got hatred for And the, bloody the them Cleveland. like the red uniforms the Bulls have.
7: That's <laughs> what I oh hope. God. This is just unreal. Uh, Jeff, do you want to weigh in at all <laughs> on this? Or, uh,
4: I, Jeff, I have a question <laughs> for you, Jeff. Do you know who Donovan Mitchell is? No. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I knew he was gonna say no. Oh, Ed. Yep.
6: Oh, <laughs> I watch fantastic. zero basketball. Wow. <laughs> Unless so it's, it's just
4: funny on the channel that d- I turn on. Because and last it's there. week the, the reports were that the Cavs pulled themselves out of those conversations. What wow. kind of
6: money are we talking about? This guy making?
4: Uh, it's a trade.
6: So, I mean, yeah, it's a trade. I, I think yeah. Don.
4: I think Mitchell makes around thirty-five or thirty-six million a year. Okay. It's not right. In that ballpark. Not yeah. a lot. Oh, yeah. I haven't man. seen. Do, but that's by the way. That's about what uh, Jeff made in his final couple years in the league, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Cents. Jeff Fiegel's
6: money. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, we do get a free lunch in the, in the facility. So oh, there that's, is, that's, there well, there, there you go. Lunches. To
7: a certain degree. Yeah, but you may have to eventually pay the piper when it's all said and done. <laughs> <laughs> three three unprotected first round picks yep. and two oh. pick swaps yep. is part of the deal for like Don Venice. said Mitchell that was going to be the cost. That's Danny Ainge.
4: That's Danny Ainge.
7: That's Danny Ainge. Yeah. He will hold out till. The cows come home, and then more. Okay, all right. No, that is Danny H.
4: Exactly. He will. But
7: by the up. way, we're taking phone calls the rest of the way. How many wins you think the Utah Jazz will have this season? <laughs> we're
4: putting eight uh, and, and a way, half
7: as the overhunter. So might feel be free to give us a giants. ring <laughs> <laughs> at two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Dying to know what you uh. think. Rudy Gobert is not there anymore. Donovan Mitchell. So feel free to give us a ring. You want Stockton? Yes. I'm sorry to interrupt,
8: but I just I had to. No, let that I appreciate yes. that.
4: All right, let's go back to the phones as we stew. Let's go to Cliff in New York. Cliff, you're on Big Blue Kickoff oh. Live. How are you?
8: Hi, Cliff. <laughs> Hello, guys. How you doing? Good, good to hear the stuff. We're doing today. fantastic, the- Cliff. We are doing John, fantastic. Uh, yeah, good. John, thanks for all the heavy lifting on uh, analyzing the, the Donovan Mitchell thing. I I was against it, and I was glad you gave me all you did so that I was ready to stomach it if it did happen. But I really didn't think we we were ready for that, and I I, I went back to 1968 on you uh, because I really thought it was relevant how how loaded we already were when we gave up a lot to get Dave DeBuscher, but I really wanted to talk about the Giants. Um, uh, I I have some ideas about the the record, uh, but before I get to that, I I was counting the roster as it is now, and I came up with 29 guys uh, from last year. And it seemed to me at some time at the end of last season or the beginning of the offseason, one of you was saying that if we had a level like that, it would be a record for the team of uh, in terms of turnover. And I just wondered how meaningful that is or not. And in terms of what we got from the uh, uh, guys that are holdovers, both tangible and intangible.
6: Hmm. Well, I mean, I, I'll, I'll answer. I, I I guess, you know, this is a new organization, new coaches, new general manager. I think that number is is spot on as far as I think I was thinking that it was going to be, you know, somewhere you got to 53 guys. I'm thinking, what do you guys think? I, I was thinking somewhere in the low 30s that was maybe even lower than that because there's a lot of turnover in here. It has to be because this team won four games last year. So um, and for me. I think when you look at the positions that they had the most change over, what would you guys say would be? Probably, what In do you terms think? of
7: volume of players yeah. you're talking about, it? Jeff?
6: Yeah, the change over Like, as far as the group, position groups have had the biggest change over. there's I many new guys. Who? What position group do you well, think you knew, that
5: is? You knew it was going to be on offense. You knew yeah.
6: that. Yeah, no, I'm talking about the position group. No, Which position group. Well, I mean, the offensive the line is had a lot line, of, right? of turnover. So yeah, I would go there, Jeff. Yeah. That has to be. So... Um, what was the second part of your question? I, I would just
5: advise the caller to hold off because there's more to come. I think John and I As said well. on the show the other day, they're not going to have that week one roster ready for the Titans until probably this weekend. There's yeah. more coming in the next couple of days. I feel pretty confident in saying that.
7: Well, but I think the core is on the team, though, Paul. Yeah. I mean, if they make I, I changes, would
5: agree. I would agree. Yeah, so the I mean, core I think guys, operate. yes. Yeah, the but before we start talking about numbers of guys who return, that number is still going to fluctuate, I'm sure. hmm just for the record.
8: Yeah, I, I, I was expecting that, too. Um, th- 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 I was one of the few fans, from what I understand, during last season that was all in on the progress. That's why I'm so interested in who's still here and what the turnover has been. I understood that when the wheels fell off, the change had to be made. But um, I really thought there was a lot of progress made. and I And, and I was thinking it wasn't just because of talent demonstrated, but because of those intangibles that are so mysterious that really put teams over the top uh, in terms of becoming a a winning team. Well, but Cliff, uh, the other
7: thing you have to take into consideration is when you talk about improvement that you see from last year, they now are operating in completely new schemes, and you're asking players to do something different that the previous coordinators weren't necessarily asking them to do. So, for example, there could be a player that was really shining in Patrick Graham's system. And then all of a sudden, Uh you bring in Wink Martindale, and he's not asking him to do the same thing. For example, we've talked about on this show, Blake Martinez is a bit of an intriguing mystery right now. How many snaps Uh is he going to get? Is he going to have as big of an impact that he did two years ago before the torn ACL? So you could say, wow, Blake looks really good, this and that. And then all of a sudden, you get in a new scheme. He's not the same player. So that's why it's hard to gauge what you see in the last six or seven games out of certain players when things completely change over the course of the off season.
8: Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I I think, uh, but I I was also, uh, mindful of, uh, the communication among the coaches, uh, should be uh, improved from last year and that that was a, a fundamental reason they made the change. And I, it's hard for me to gauge that from the living room and on the website, but, but, uh, um, I, I think that's something that's real, and I think that was really what undermined us last year as much as as much as the injuries did.
1: Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
8: The, the, the people just weren't on the same page in the, in the coaching staff, it seemed. Um, but anyway, as far as the record goes... Um, I was getting pumped for uh, a bold prediction for the first four games, but I'm a little tempered now by by guys not being available probably for the first game, especially Tony and the two edge rushers. If they're not there i'm I'm pulling back but I was thinking uh, we could really get off to a, a terrific start and then uh come back to earth in london and um and then that but that series of games after that that were supposed to be teams more in our league, quote unquote, uh, wouldn't be so easy. I'm very concerned about the lions on the road. I don't the way they finished last year. and um, and then we'd be into the division games where anything goes. So I really think it's it's really up in the air now what the record is.
5: By the way, uh, Kadarius Tony told the writers today after practice that he is a full go and ready to play the Titans in week one. I don't know if we even mentioned that before. We, we should mention that to you now. He, he claims he's a full go and will play.
6: From his lips to our ears. Thank and you.
7: we still have another week till the game, too. So that's yeah. also encouraging yeah. any of these guys that were a little bit banged up. I could tell, and Cliff, appreciate the phone call. Cliff, he's a big subscriber to the strong finish of the previous season could carry over to the start of the following season. How do you season. feel
4: about that, Lance? Yeah, you know I'm not a very
7: <laughs> big fan of that. No, that's fine. Listen, to each their own. Yes. And maybe Jeff could provide his perspective because Paul was giving him 75 questions. We were playing 20 questions with yeah. Jeff Eagles. So I might as well throw another one out there. <laughs> Jeff, if you ever felt, in all seriousness, no. where you saw a team like finish strong the previous year and then you said, oh yeah, we're just going to carry it right over to week one the following season.
6: I, I might have been a little bit you know, excited about it, but never thinking that it, it can happen because I, you know what can happen, guys. You know, I, I will mean. say one thing, though, Jeff. Yep. Didn't that happen from 2007 to 2008? It did because we were we were healthy and that offensive line could run the football and that that's, you know, that's your base for winning games. I'll it's, say
4: this. The team that finished the 2007 season was much more like the team that played in 2008 than the team that started the 2007 season. You know 100 percent I mean? yes
6: right yes. I agree with yes. that. and and coming off of a season that we won the Super Bowl just think of the confidence you had in everybody the one thing that always worried me about the 08 season was that was the so-called Super Bowl hangover and that that was going to affect us and it certainly didn't I mean at the first we ran off what was it 11 in a row I think we were 11 and yeah. and so that that theory I think that as many people that believe in it it happened, but I think you're very cautiously going into the next season, understanding that you know guys are older, uh, things can sure. happen, and you just never can take take that for granted. So I, I'm not a believer in that. I never have. I feel like every season is different, every play is different, every game is different. Two
4: zero one nine three nine four five one three. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. John is in Maine. He's up next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hey, John. Hello, hey, John. Man.
2: How are you doing? Um, I wanted to say that I don't think seven wins this year is an improvement, and here's why.
4: Because you're I... not very good at math. <laughs> 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 and This is a math
2: show
7: today. <laughs> Four, seven, that's backwards. Yeah, yeah
2: watch yeah. out. I'll call Charlie on you.
4: <laughs> What's up, John? First Go ahead. of all, I, I couldn't resist. <laughs> I apologize.
2: I have a math... I can handle that. <laughs> Fair enough. Go ahead. Uh, first of all, I think if... Uh, I think we were at least a seven-win cal- caliber team last year, because if I think if Daniel played the last six games, he probably would have won two without analyzing any of it. And third, that was six. And then the third thing was uh, Dexter. Uh, Excuse me, didn't want to mention his name. Stop counting wins, penalty. John. Yeah. That
4: didn't happen because there's two plays in other games that they won that they could have lost. If you want to say they would have mm-hmm. won two more without Daniel, that's fine, and they were really more like a six-win team. I'll buy that. But but let's not relitigate games that were actually played with with, with everybody on the field.
2: I'm not I'm not saying we we should. I'm, not, I'm all I'm saying is we were capable of winning that.
4: Well, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, well, I think the Giants were capable of winning ten games too, but they weren't yeah. able to do that either. I mean, John, that's a hypothetical,
7: is what yeah. we're saying. There's no fact behind that.
6: <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot of you hypothetical. hypotheticals.
7: hypotheticals. Well, well, I mean, but but it is. I mean, if we're going to have some conversation, at least there'd be some substance. Behind. That's like me saying the Giants won 11 games in 2016. They should have won 13 in 2017. Well, why'd they only win three games, John?
2: Well, I'm not talking about winning the game. I'm talking about win-capable. Seven win-capable last year. I don't think we were a four-win Quality team. I'll tell you what, you know
5: you know where you could go if you don't want to go hypothetical and get everybody else bent out of shape? Just go to the Washington game when Washington got the dead ball field goal off the Dexter Lawrence uh, don't, don't supposed me, Don't to pick out a jump. play
4: that the Giants won. That could have went the other way. Well, that, that,
5: that, that, but but that, that game was over. But
4: you could do that for every yeah. game. That game was over, Paul. but that
5: was the last play of the game. The okay, last play of the game, time expired, game was over, and then they gave uh, them a dead ball. We, they, we, they get, no. Here's the thing. Nobody every, gets a dead ball... Scoring play? Every year. I've never seen a dead ball scoring play. Fans
4: call up, and they figure out a way to make it seem like the team was better than their actual record was, and then the next year, what happens? The team's record is no good again, and everyone forgets those arguments that were made the year before. You mm-hmm. are, I will quote, the I great... Know.
7: Yeah, Paul, Dennis I can't Green. believe you're
4: not quoting it. You Wait a minute. Let John, let your Paul
7: quote it. Let are. Paul quote it. I mean, that's his favorite line.
5: Bill Parcells guy, is your favorite
7: is. guy.
4: I can't believe you're not quoting it it, it. it
5: is the only remark that Parcells ever made that I disagreed with. No,
4: no. Oh. and look, sometimes, look, if you have, like, a lot of injuries and stuff like that, sometimes it's not true. And you can go back and you can look at things like point differential and say, all right, well, maybe the team grants with some bad luck in some games. They lost a lot of close games. But if you look at all even like the other accompanying stats to what the re- I mean, they all are kind of in line with what the record was last year. Okay.
2: But I hear you guys saying you think they would have won more than four games if Daniel played the last
4: six. Yeah, that's fine. I agree with that.
2: Okay. So well, I don't think they're just a four win capability. I think to this year they're better than they were last year. Why? Well, they got better players.
4: Well, no, they and don't. The coach- no, they don't. They lost, they, <laughs> they lost James Bradbury. Who'd they replace James Bradbury with?
2: Well, we have uh, Avon <laughs> Thibodeau and Evan Neal and Winsky and, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. We've got Martinez. Um, and I think the coaching is superior the last six years,
5: clearly. I, you're, you're, here's the thing. You're fighting a battle that Vegas has already won for you because they're setting the over-under at seven. So, there's no well, well, point well, even trying well, to. Well, no, but there's no point in trying to fight a battle here because right. Vegas is telling you the Giants are a better team than they were last year.
4: I know, but I'm not going to have to come that on already. here and say seven wins is the disappointment. I'm not going to let well, people that, that, call that, up and that, say that. Well, that,
5: that's fine. That's fine. That's not, I'm not right. arguing no, that I, I, point. I, I know you're not. I'm simply saying Vegas says the Giants are a better team. Because so, you don't have to because argue. You know why? Because well, I don't but,
4: want to sit here in week three if the record's not very good and then they have games against the Ravens and, and the Packers coming where people are calling up losing their minds about the record because they're setting unrealistic expect- expectations I understand for themselves. That. That's well, what I'm trying to – I'm not trying to kill the team. I'm trying to avoid that. You know what I mean? That's fine. I also, <laughs> I
5: don't, I'm not disputing no, I, that. I know
4: you're not. I know you're not.
7: I also don't think Vegas should be utilized as the barometer to determine what a team is going to be.
4: <laughs> <laughs> did
7: they, Did Vegas, pull? did Vegas say the Bengals were going to go to the Super Bowl last I year? could
5: care less about Vegas, but, well, if, so we're going, but if we're yeah. going to talk about hypotheticals and a perception of a team, that is about the only perception that you can put any stock in because that's something that has been universally accepted by the masses. That's why they have Vegas lines. Well, I could that. care less. I don't they gamble, that so that. I don't
7: care. Well, but they have that for the sake of exchanging of money and the flow of that. That's what it really is, more so than anything else. How how accurate has Vegas's odds been more often than not? I I don't pay attention to them well, because I, what, don't uh, I don't gamble. I don't gamble. I don't, I don't, I don't no, care. neither do I. But what I'm saying is, is that I don't think that should be the barometer that a team improved just because they put the numbers slightly higher than
5: the previous. That's I'm saying. I think
4: the better question: What was the Giants' over under last year?
5: That's a good question. I, I don't think know. It was six. Oh, God,
4: so it's about the same.
5: Okay, I think it was six last mm-hmm. year. I, I think it was. Right. Six. So Vegas
4: does think they improved a little bit. then. now
2: that's fair. I think the Giants this year are going to look like a, an NFL professional team, and we haven't seen that in a while. And that's why I think they're uh, quite a bit.
4: Okay, that's fair. I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. disagree with that.
6: You saw a little Appreciate bit of that in the, the uh, in the preseason games. I mean, you could just see how things sure. were. You know, a little Bless bit you. more uh, organized, and I think that. Just the flow of the game and how things were working, I, it was pleasure to watch. Um, I know it was preseason, but they you know, to me, that's that's kind of encouraging because they you know we we didn't see even the last six years the preseason games with the new regimes that were coming in here. Things were happening that were like when we just chalked it up as oh, you know, they're young and you know new staff. They got to get iron things out. We weren't talking a lot about that this year, guys. We weren't talking about the communication, and th- it was all went very well. And I think that that bodes well for the regular season coming up. And I think the – go ahead, Jeff. I and mean maybe maybe yeah. that buys you an extra game or two, you know, management, experience. Remember, Brian Dable, he is a first-time head coach, but he's been in the National Football League for over 20 years. He's got some good experience. Joe Shane, um, you know, a lot of the guys on his staff are, as we know, you guys, especially John, I mean, you interview these guys. I, I think that you have a great pedigree of coaches on this staff. And, and, John, the caller, you had mentioned that you were impressed with that too, and I think that's a big part of maybe how this team gets a little, couple extra wins. There's no doubt about it in terms of the
7: direction of the franchise. Completely different than where we were several months ago. I don't think anybody would dispute that. So, you know, certainly optimistic from that standpoint. It's just, I think, it's not so much scheme, Jeff, that I think we're talking about this offseason. I think it's more about... The health and well-being of certain positions. Mm-hmm. That's what we've been focusing on. And then I think the second layer of that is how certain personnel fit into the scheme. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. not so much to me, will the scheme be able to function? It's the player who maybe succeeded in the previous scheme. What they're asking him to do now, is he the right fit? Does it take four to five games? Is he somebody they're going to move on from? I think that's more of at least where I'm at. In terms of my
6: evaluation of the roster right now, but well, look yeah. at Zimenez. Mm-hmm. Zimenez is the guy that they were going to run yeah. him out of the out of the building last year. Sure, and now he's on the fifty three man roster, and he's and that people are talking about, you know, how good. So that there's a prime example of scheme helping a player possibly moving on from the next coach to the next.
4: All right, I, I will give my little final thoughts here too, but I want to get on our last call before we say goodbye. Let, uh, let's go to Len in Columbia, Maryland. Len, what's going on, pal?
9: Hey guys, second call this week. Thanks for taking my call, John. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, I liked your response to the Donovan Mitchell trade better than I like your forecast or over/under at at seven wins. Because uh, I keep thinking, John, when you look at the record and you put a dash after the seven, what what's the number on the other side of that dash? Ten. Again. Again, John. Ten losses again. I'll, I'll Len, with the I, I I'll, Len, I'll go and I've
4: said since this process started this was a long-term process and I do not care what the Giants record is this year. I am not changed my mind since I made that okay. statement
9: 4 months ago. Okay. Um, this this is not to get in an argument with you John okay. but I I care about what their record no,
4: is. No, and and that's okay. fine. And Len, as a season
9: ticket holder, <laughs> if I were you, I well, would I, care I, too. I, mean, of I, I get I, it. You, you get ninety percent of your calls are not from season ticket holders, but I I think they probably feel the same way. Okay, um, I, I'll go with the I'll go with the previous caller's number, at twenty nine. I actually had it at twenty eight, and I was going to say something about that today, but I'll I'll go with his number. And actually, if 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 Paul is correct. Uh, he, he seems to think it's going to be higher than 29 by the time we we get on the plane and go to Tennessee. You know, you go to Tennessee. Um, that's a big change. And but you know what? I think it was, I think it was 24 last year. I think it was 28 at the beginning of Joe Judge's tenure. I'm in the 30s. I, I think it was 26, 28 going back. I mean, is it going to be 28 again, John? I don't understand. I mean next year. I mean next year. Where, I mean what do we? He's talking about well, guys well, number, who came
5: back from last year's team. Yeah, yeah, oh, no. No. No, yeah Holdover
9: new no, players. No, 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 no. Number number of new guys on the 50 have never been on a Giants 53 before. I, I got it at 28. All right. Now I don't know. I I think that's what the fellow was referring to. I think he meant.
5: Well, oh, I thought he was talking about holdovers. Okay. As of okay. like three days ago, there were 35 players on yeah. this roster I thought he was who had played too. a game with okay. the Giants prior.
4: Okay. I have I. Yeah. I have not done that count myself. Yeah, the
5: so count's probably now down to about thirty.
4: I
9: think. Mm-hmm. I think. Okay. I think it's twenty-eight, John. I think it's twenty-eight. New first-time giant uh, players on the fifty-three. We've already had fifty-seven different players on the fifty-three. By the way, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. Okay. Um, no, some matter. of them I were minor about, moves, though, I, for the I, sake I think, of transactions. I think we're. I, I think if we can keep our top thirty play, you know, if you're if you ran a one through thirty and put a name next to each number. If if we can keep our top thirty relatively healthy, in a quality of injuries, not getting overwhelmed at guard, not getting overwhelmed along the defensive line, which I'd like to say something about as we go along here. But I I think we can get I think we can get eight and maybe nine. I like Jeff's analysis. I think that preseason play, Jeff, that you talked about I think that's a harbinger of good things coming along. I think we're going to see some good things. Those were three very entertaining, eye-opening games on the part of the Giants. And I think that can translate into wins. I like your thinking, Jeff. I like your thinking on that. Thank
8: you.
9: Let Let me say something about the defensive line. I like that defensive line. It's a Wink Martindale defensive line. These boys are big. Big. There's no more one guy at 280 pounds. Even this kid, even this guy, Nick Williams, who came over from the Lions. These are big, big men. No matter who you put along that three-man or four-man offensive line, I mean, they look, they make Jahard Ward look small. And Jahard Ward is a big man. Williams is at 315, Davison, Ellis, we we know where Lawrence and Williams are. That's a Wink-Martindale front. It's going to be – I know, it's Derek Henry. I know, I know. He's just just a great player. I can't take anything <laughs> away from him. That was some transition. I, I, think <laughs>
7: I, I was think waiting. That, wow. <laughs> Ed,
6: are you asking, your own, that... <laughs> you're asking yourself questions and answering them and we don't know about? <laughs> I
9: was like, where was that going? Okay. <laughs> Uh. I think this defensive line is going to be very, very tough to run against. One 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 Tennessee statistic: second they were second against the run last year, twenty fifth against the pass. Does that mean anything going into next week's game? I, I know the Landry loss the is ball. brutal. Holy run cow! Run the ball. Run the ball. Run, yeah. Well. Okay. <laughs> they were second against the run. They were second against the run, Jeff. Mono mono.
6: Run it. Yeah. Well, they got some big I, I guys like up it. front.
9: I yeah. like it. I like it. I like it. Hey, thanks for taking my call, no, guys. thank you, Len. Have a great weekend. All right, take care. Yeah, you too. Have a great weekend, Appreciate guys. It.
6: Got it. You can't be afraid of a number two rushing defense in 2021. Okay? We just talked about that. This is a different season. A di- I know it's got the – but, hey, you you going to line up on Sunday, and you got to put a game plan together and start to develop that running game with number 26 and that new offensive line because if you can do that – all of those other receivers that you have, it just opens up a litany of things that the other team is going to have to prepare for if you have a running game. Period. And that's, and Paul, that's as old school as it gets that you want right Look, there.
5: Jeff, there is no question you are a thousand percent correct. Unless the Giants gain some respect with their running game, everything else that they try to do is going to be impeded. Okay? They've got to get the run game going and that that once they get that respect from the other team's defensive coordinator, now they can open up the playbook and do virtually anything they want to try. What I agree with place you. To, what I better place to you. start?
6: You know, if they're against a number two defensive run team last year, fine. Now, line them up, man. Now,
5: having said that, and John, you, you'll you'll help lost me out one with of their this. They're good guys, so when I, when we say run game going again, you can toss the ball. In lieu of some runs. That can be pseudo run game too. So I'm not disputing that at all. You can do some things with Tony and some things with Robinson that are pseudo run games to still get guys to respect what you're doing up close so that you can open up more room down sure. down below. I absolutely, absolutely. Okay, let me just close with this. And then you guys can comment and we'll go.
6: Everyone wants to get out of here. We have a long weekend. By the way, real quickly, John. Can okay, I just, real apparently quick, just, not. Yes, go ahead. Uh, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> uh, we, 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 we didn't have a chance to get to my over-unders, but I will tell you this, that I have the interior guys uh, having really good, good I right. Very quickly,
4: Jeff is under on Ojalari and Thibodeau, seven and a half sacks, over on Leo, seven and a half, over on Dex, four and a half. Uh, Blake, over 145 tackles, only one there. He predicts Julian Love, uh, back seven player to lead the team in sacks. Um Xavier McKinney, like us, will lead the team in interceptions. Adoree Jackson in pass breakups. He says 15th ranked in defensive yards allowed per game, and he's also on negative point differential. So those are Jets over-unders yeah, yeah. on defense.
6: But I, I, and real quick, I, I just, I'm just i really high on the interior defensive line for this team, like Len is. I think these guys are going to have a good year, both rushing a passer, pressures, and, getting, and in the run game.
4: So, I just want to make sure everyone understands where I'm coming from here. Yeah, I want this Giants team to win as many games as they can. I hope it's a great season. I hope they're fantastic. But we've sat here every year the last nine or ten years having these same conversations, all right? And the result has been one year where they managed ten wins. So I have taken the approach that I will have to see it to believe it. And that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. And that's how I'm approaching this thing. I'm not getting hopes up. I'm not getting excited. I hope fans should. Fans do. Hello, Jeff. How are you? Um, (laughs) And they should be, and I get it. But I'm keeping my expectations level. And if you're counting on primarily a rookie class to be the source of your improvement, I think that's a dangerous way to look at things because you know what, you know what every other NFL team in the league has a rookie class that they think has made their team better. But they also met a veterans that have come in to make their team better. So every team improves. Some teams lose some veterans more than others. Some gain. Sure. But. This giant team and the organization is on the right path, in my opinion. I think Joe Shane is going to be an excellent GM. I think he views used the game correctly. Brian Dable is going to be a good head coach. I think he is a creative offensive mind with Mike Kafka. They're going to run a modern offense. They're going to throw the ball more than they run it, especially on early downs, and I think it's going to work out in the long run. But this is a long-term process. It's going to require patience. You had to get rid of good players because of your salary cap from last year to this year. That's going to hurt. And next year in the offseason – There is going to be more clearing of debris. There are a lot of veterans that are important players on this team that are not under contract for next year. Blake Martinez, Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones. None of them are under contract. Are they going to be back? I don't know. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But there is still a lot of roster construction yet to happen. This was not a one-year process. So don't judge this regime based on what happens this year. That's why I say when I say I don't care what the record is this year, how I'm judging Brian Dable and Joe Shane has nothing to do with the Giants' record this year. I want to see how the players, especially the young ones that they brought in play, how the other players on rookie contracts play. That, to me, is what's most important for me. And that's what I'm paying attention to. So I don't want fans to call up if this team doesn't have a good record, but I'm all excited at the end of the year because Evan Neal had a great final five games and Kayvon Tibble was fantastic and you know the rookies look great and maybe they found the quarterback in Daniel Jones or not, whatever. That's what I'm judging this year, and that's what's important to me. I don't expect fans to look at it the same way because they're more emotional about this, and they want to see wins, and you should be. You're fans. That's what you do. I encourage you to do that, but I'm staying very level and looking at this as a long-term process and not a one-year results-oriented business, and that's where I'm coming from. And I think I you guys understand where I'm coming from there. Sure. I think I'm pretty clear. Sure. Sure. You guys get that? Okay.
5: One news item, John, yes. just because we referred to uh, O.J. Howard. Uh, as Twitter had reported, we really thought he was going to land with the Bengals. Apparently not. Ian Rappaport has just posted plot twist. O.J. Howard is visiting Houston today. Visiting with the Texans, sources say, apparently primed to join the Bengals before they claimed another tight end. <laughs> he's now taking a physical and could be a Texan instead of a Bengal. Something's going on with O.J. Howard. Uh, you yeah. you got to scratch yeah. your head on that, right? Yeah, he's he's too talented and has been in too many and been released by too many different teams for something not to be going on. So, with So you know, for those of you out there, and again, I thought it was very interesting when he was out there. He's a name that you'd certainly want to investigate. But uh, it does seem like there's something a little bit off-kilter going on. And,
7: again, the Internet had Donovan Mitchell going to the Knicks, too. So maybe you shouldn't read everything that is out there initially. Yeah, maybe that's a full
5: of a lot of falsities, isn't it? Correct. Yeah, no doubt. absolutely.
7: I mean, the only other thing that, just to bring it back to the Giants, that I was going to piggyback off of what John said, yeah, you're relying on the rookie class, but you're also relying on, as Paul had quoted me earlier, the progress of 2020 and 2021 and what this new coaching staff can get out of. Kadarius Tony, Aziz Ojalari, Aaron Robinson, McKinney, Ziminense. Holmes, Lemieux, uh, Ellerson Smith, who is on the team, but he's on IR, you know, Brightwell, Radarius Williams. All these guys made the team. They're still here. It's not like Joe Shane cleaned house. So what do they do? What does the new regime do with three classes, 20, 21, and 22? That's, to me, the thing to watch this season. What return do you get out of those three classes? And that sets you up for what maybe comes down the road beyond 2022. You got to have that nucleus to build upon. You don't have that foundation in the framework that basically Shane and Dable have to come in, okay, with the trucks. And they got to bulldoze. And you got to go, guys, many layers down, okay? When you build a new building, you don't just all of a sudden pour the concrete. You got to go down into the gut, okay? That's going to determine how far in the gut Joe
5: Shane has to go based on those three classes. Real quick final thought for me, John, and I got somebody on Twitter said to me, oh, nobody claimed the Giants' waiver guys. Doesn't that tell you the Giants' roster is still pretty crummy because nobody wanted their, their offshoots? And I said, no, no, wait a minute. Waiver claims are for guys with less than four years' experience. The Giants have a bunch of guys, first, second, third-year players, who they kept. Young players who they like, who they want to build around, who they think might have a future. That's why they kept all those guys. The guys they offshooted are older players who they don't believe have any upside potential. That's why they got rid of them. And they kept the young guys. Yeah, though, I,
4: I do think, though, if you have a team that cuts guys that everyone else wants, as opposed to a team that cuts players that nobody wants, the team that cut the players everyone else wants, probably has the better roster.
6: Well, well the Jets had seven guys that were signed that, off of that.
5: That's always assumed if you're a strong team, you just have too many players because of numbers. Right, that's my point. But but keeping all younger players who are of use to you, right. who are under four years, most of the guys the Giants cut weren't necessarily, um, you know, guys who had potential. These were just place fillers.
4: Oh, I hear you just saying. I got you. You know, that's all. All right. So, guys, that that, that that's all I'm saying. So... Let's wrap it up. We got a weekend coming up here, Labor Day weekend. Everybody have a great weekend. Yeah. Uh for Jeff Fiegel, for Lance Medal, for Paul Dottino, I am John Schmelk. I got to get that second read in very quickly. Giant Games, uh Giant Fans, don't miss your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giant Games and world-class concerts in 2022. As a Giant Suite Partner, a limited full season locations are available or a place a deposit for individual games call 888 888- NYG1925 or visit Giants.com slash for more information. For the guys, I'm Schmelk. We'll see you next time on Big Blue Kick Off Live. Have a great weekend.
1: You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team ranking as a top culinary destination in the world be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com summer. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.